0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 434. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Samsung has unveiled its Galaxy S21 series of smartphones, and we chat with Samsung's Vice President for IT and Mobile, Gary McGregor. Telstra's 5G network now within reach of 50% of Australians, and Arlo announces a new indoor camera and a touchless video doorbell. In the Tech Guide review, he's going to take a look at the Asus ZenBook Duo dual-screen laptop. Volvo has a new key that limits the speed of its cars if someone borrows it, and Ubisoft partners with Lucasfilm to create a massive open-world Star Wars game, and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, Samsung have wasted no time in 2021 by releasing uh, their Galaxy S21 smartphones. And this comes right on the heels of the Consumer Electronics Show, where, as we discussed last week, they also released all their new range of TVs as well. So it's a busy month for Samsung. And this is actually, this, this release of this device is uh, earlier than normal. A year ago, uh, we saw the S20 in, in February last year, 2020. And that was actually my last international trip before the COVID pandemic and the lockdown and the the stopping of all the travel. The travel was uh, the trip to cover the Galaxy S20, which was only 11 months ago. So uh, Samsung have decided that the S21 was ready to go and we're going to be talking to Gary McGregor, the Samsung head of mobile and IT in Australia. Uh, he'll explain a little bit more why they decided to pull the trigger a little bit earlier. But we should talk about the devices, of course. There's three in the range. There's the S21, then there's the S21 Ultra. I'm sorry, the S21 Plus and then the S21 Ultra. So S21 S21 Plus and S21 Ultra. So pretty much the same lineup as last year in terms of small, medium, extra large. And uh, in terms of design, they've again changed it quite considerably. Uh, last, Last year, we saw the birth of the massive camera bump which, uh, as Gary will explain in our interview, they kind of own that. It was, it was like a little bit of a badge of honour for the company because they, this was this uh, a really impressive camera system Uh, on their new devices. And what they've done this year, they've moved the bump so that it more merges with the frame of the phone. So the edges of the phone are now two of the edges of the the bump are now the actual edges of the phone itself. So it's not just an island on its own. It's been moved up into the top left corner and becomes part of the device rather than just sort of floating out there on its own on the rear panel. The the back panel also has a, a different, different look and feel. The, the there is no longer the glossy finish, which tends to attract a lot of fingerprints. and looks a little bit, a little bit dirty. But what Samsung's done, they've now introduced this new material. It's it's a matte, has a matte finish, yet it it's still quite bright in terms of colours, and and uh, it it does look quite attractive. But it has more of a matte finish, and also that the 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 finish itself is fingerprint resistant. So the phone isn't going to look like it's been handled by 4000 people with fingerprints everywhere. It's actually it actually looks pretty nice. Now, in terms of screen sizes, the S21 starts at 6.2 inches. So that's your that's your entry level screen size there. S21 Plus moves you up to 6.7 inches and the S21 Ultra has a larger 6.8 inch. Now, it's only a point one of an inch bigger, the S21 Ultra, but there are a lot more features on board that we'll talk about. But the S21 and S21 Plus both have this edge-to-edge dynamic AMOLED 2X Infinity-O display. And these are flat screens as well, by the way. So they go edge-to-edge, still look like there's no bezel, but there's no curve like the old models where it used to curve to nothing. So all you're seeing is is the image. Uh, There is an edge here, but it's a very, very small bezel. The, The screens also, too, interestingly, have an adaptive 120 hertz refresh rate. So it can adapt to what you're watching. So rather than you choosing in the settings, I want to have it at 120 hertz, which can burn through your battery, it's now adaptive. So if the if the content you're watching, a movie or playing a game, it'll revert to 120 hertz to give you that smoother viewing, smoother scrolling. Uh, this is one feature that I thought might have been included with the iPhone 12, uh, but I think Apple, I think, might have been spooked with the fact that if people leave it on all the time, it may run down the battery. But here, Samsung, I've got the great solution where it's adaptive. So basically, it decides when to use that refresh rate, and when not to, or you can force it to use it if you want. Have to, or you can just leave the device to decide for itself to adjust to that as well. The S21 Ultra does have that larger screen and also a better camera as well. The camera is the standout features for the S21 series. Again, uh, have gone up a gone up a level in terms of features and quality, uh, and that that's that alone is going to attract customers. the The camera is often the feature that convinces customers whether they should upgrade or whether they should buy a new device, whatever whatever the decision happens to be, the camera is, is centered to that decision. It is one of the most important considerations for customers when they're buying a device and Samsung know that. That's why they've played up the, the camera quality in the S21. That's going to be a very large part of their marketing campaign as well. And of course, the cameras themselves are fantastic quality. Uh, You get a triple camera system with the the S21 and the S21+. Plus. There's a 10-megapixel front camera on the front and a triple camera system. So that's made up of a 12-megapixel ultra-wide, 12-megapixel wide-angle, 64-megapixel telephoto. Uh, They also have the Space Zoom 30X Space Zoom. But if you're really into your cameras and taking photos and videos and producing content then there's, the S21 Ultra is built for you. This, has, this goes to the next level. This has a quad camera system. On the front is a 40-megapixel camera. So that's the best selfie camera I've seen, 40 megapixels. And the quad camera system on the back is made up of an ultra-wide 12-megapixel, a 108-megapixel wide-angle camera, and two 10-megapixel telephoto cameras. Now, there's also on the S21 Ultra is a 100 times space zoom. And this is a really, really impressive feature because there was a space zoom on the S20 Ultra and you could zoom in, pretty impressive. But the thing with trying to frame up a photo that you've zoomed in on a hundred times is that one slight shake and the thing goes out of frame. What what they've done here is they've introduced a new feature called zoom lock. So it's a lot easier to lock in on the image you're trying to trying to take a photo of, a lot more stable even at full zoom. Even the quality at a hundred X zoom is is surprisingly improved from last year's model. The models the the, the photos at a hundred times were were good, not great, nothing to to write home about. But this time out Samsung's really improved that, so the the images, even at 100x space zoom, are still pretty impressive, which is uh, kind of remarkable. Uh, Of course, the S21 and S21 Plus have decent power behind them, 5 nanometer, 64-bit octa-core processor, 8 gig of RAM, 256 gig of internal storage. The S21 Ultra, though, has up to 16 gig of RAM and up to 512 gig of internal storage, yet I'm learning that the only telco offering that top-of-the-line S21 Ultra with full 16-gig RAM, 512-gig internal storage is Optus. Surprisingly, Telstra are not offering that model. I think they're stopping at the 256-gig storage and 12-gig of RAM. And also, too, no expandable storage on any of these models. There is There are dual SIM slots instead of a, an option of using one of the slots as a SIM or as a, as a micro SD card, so... Uh, that that was that's. I think I would have preferred to have an expandable memory. Another important feature to note is there are no four G options here. All of these Galaxy S twenty one smartphones are all five G devices. So they, I think we've, we've passed the threshold. I think now where flagship phones, you can assume from now on, any phone you pay more than a thousand dollars for, even eight hundred dollars for is gonna be a 5G device. We're now we're going to talk about Telstra in the next segment, but 5G is now biggest bigger footprint than than even six months ago, way bigger and growing. And we'll talk about that in a moment with when we talk about Telstra. But I think now you can take it as given that any flagship device is now going to be 5G. And and that, of course, back when the iPhone 12 launched, that was a big deal. That Apple decided to pull the trigger on 5G, and they're never going to go back. It, it, it's 5G all the way. I think it's going to reach a point where any customer looking to buy a smartphone of a certain price, uh, you you probably cannot buy, you can't not get a 5G device. Like if you're going TV shopping, you can't not get a 4K TV. That's just the standard. And I think we're heading that way with 5G. On the Wi Fi side, the S21 lineup also supports the faster Wi Fi 6 standard. So you can uh, enjoy some uh, four times, up to four times faster connection speeds. Just getting back to the camera though, while the quality of the camera is fantastic, what I really like about what Samsung have done with this device is giving you features to help you utilize the quality of the cameras. There's a couple of features that that stand out for me. One is director's view. Now this is a new feature and it allows you to capture video from the front camera and one of the rear cameras at the same time. So basically, you can film yourself watching something or reacting to something and choose of the front camera, there's only one choice for that, so you get that, and then you've got a choice of the three cameras on the back, whether it's the wide, ultra-wide, or the telephoto, depending on what you want to frame up, but, and you can record both of those that input through the cameras at the same time. I reckon that's a really, really cool feature. So you're reacting to something. You might be filming, uh, I don't know, a, a, someone at a birthday party or someone blowing out a cake and you're, you're, you are you're, might be the parent and you're filming your child blowing out the candle. So you, you got the reaction from both sides there, which I think is pretty cool. That's a nice, n- nice new use of the camera technology. The other feature that they've improved, this was introduced last year, uh, and that's single take. Single take is for those moments when you can't decide whether you should take a photo, should I take a video. This allows you to take both. So or that, that, that's a great feature so that once you, you've done your single take, then you can look back at the photos and videos, which now have effects and filters on them and become really, really interesting. Uh, the new devices, the S21 devices, they go on sale on January 29. Pre-orders have already started. Another attraction before we finish, before we get to Gary's interview, the S Pen can, can now work on the S21 Ultra So if you're a fan of the S Pen, the S21 Ultra can be used now with an S Pen, which you can buy separately or use if you have a Note or a Galaxy Tab. The S Pen on those devices will work. They've also announced a pair of earphones too, which are the Galaxy Buds Pro, and these have got pretty good uh, noise cancelling, also have great uh, call quality as well as audio quality as well, of course. Uh, Pricing as well uh, is a little cheaper they start at 1249 bucks so overall about 250 bucks cheaper from top to bottom uh, than compared to last year's model so uh, that's that's an interesting uh, attractive as well One thing to note as well no charger in the box. Like, like Apple did with iPhone 12, uh, you just get a USB-C cable and they assume that you've already got a charger, you got last year's charger or a third-party charger. So the box is actually a lot smaller than last year's model because there's no charger in the box. I think they've they've worked out that people probably already have a charger. Anyway, let's get on to our interview. Let's chat to Gary McGregor from Samsung. He's the head of IT and mobile. Gary Good to see you again, and we're at yet another Samsung phone launch, this time the S21. Now, why is this going to be
1: a lot more different than last year's model? What can we expect? Great to have you here, Steve. Thank you very much. We're not quite overseas, but we are in Sydney. Uh, look, the S21, we're super excited about the S21. It's really bringing the best of the Galaxy series together. The majority of the advancements have really come in the in the camera in particular. It's the number one reason why Australians are upgrading and purchasing. So we're really focused on the camera to make sure that is, is intuitive and it makes a very average photographer like me look fantastically good. Mm-hmm. You were saying uh, that...
0: The camera seems to be the number one reason for a customer would decide to upgrade, is that right?
1: It is, it is. So there, there's some amazing stats out there. Obviously, 2020 changed our relationship with technology, and we've become more discerning. We know what we want. And 75% of Australians are saying they can't imagine their life without their smartphone. Fifty percent of them wanted to do more, and the main reason for upgrading and the number one consideration is the camera, because we're all we're all expressing ourselves differently. Even my mum is creating videos and sending them to me now. So whether it be stills, whether it be video, uh, we're all working that camera a lot harder than we used to.
0: Now, last year's model, the S twenty, had the the sizeable bump on the back, but that seems to have been, you've sort of moved it more and sort of merged it in the edge of the phone. So it's a real design, design decision, wasn't it?
1: I think it's fair to say we're owning the bump now. We are uh, very proud of that fact as well. It's almost like a badge of honor because the, the camera plays such an important part and actually the quality of the lenses that sit within that bump is just allowing us to take some truly phenomenal pictures, particularly on the ultra, where it's probably got the biggest bump but uh yeah you're you're now in a position where you've got 108 megapixel camera you can zoom to 100 times and the stability and the clarity that that is giving you through that bump so yeah we're owning it this time and obviously there's more to the device than just
0: being a camera so mm. it's uh, the, the screen's improved so there's a lot of new intelligent features on board too isn't there
1: there is we're, the whole range this time around is 5g and 5g only we're very excited obviously Note customers in australia are so loyal and one of the reasons they're loyal is the pen and actually the feedback was we want to experience the pen on other products so i'm really excited to see what australians with the ultra will do with the pen
0: the uh, the launch of this year's model is actually a little bit earlier than
1: last. Is any reason why you've released it a little bit earlier, like right on the heels of CES? Is there... It's really the product was ready to go. We knew what we needed to be in it. And I think what's interesting is we, we worked in very... Traditional cycles. And this time around, we, we launched slightly earlier with S20, but because of consumers' relationship with technology, we got an immense amount of feedback around what people want to see in the product. So for us, it was really a case of we take our responsibility around keeping society connected over this time it's really mobile technology that's almost the glue in society at this moment in time so we took that responsibility and we thought if we can get it out earlier let's do it and the product's ready so yeah we're excited to bring it out in january there's no 4g models here uh how do do you feel that 5g
0: uh, gets a lot of attention and even that people are saying oh 5g's for real now once apple introduces an iphone (laughs) with 5g on it you guys have been at it for a little while longer how does that make you feel and With this one, as you said, 5G all the way.
1: That's right. We've still got the biggest installed 5G base in Australia. And this year we're forecasting that 2 million Australians are going to upgrade their smartphone to 5G. We're actually further ahead with our 5G smartphone penetration than we were this time with 4G. So I know there's a lot of negativity around there, but actually, I think it's more. We never really had the the big events. The Olympics, for example, wasn't there. We weren't able to really get that proof point around high-definition streaming, utilizing a 5G network. But gaming, there's various cases coming out now where you can really benefit from a 5G network and I know we all talk about future proofing but I think it's starting to come real now, population coverage is growing, the speeds that are associated are phenomenal so yeah for us 5G is the currency going forward. Another thing of note too is the pricing. We, We wanted to make this device and we believe in it so much, we want this device to be as accessible as possible to as many Australians there's a large dormant base of Australian customers out there that are looking for a reason to upgrade. We're going to have a fantastic pre-order offer on this, but you're right. The entry price point to the S21 being $1,249, that's $250 less than a comparable product last year. The way people buy is changing in how they buy. We used to be a heavily subsidised market. People were happy to talk about I pay sixty, seventy, eighty dollars a month. There is no subsidy in the market anymore. So really, the the anchor point is the RRP price. So we wanted to get that right, and I'm pleased with with where we've landed. I think it's going to appeal to to a lot more, and it allows customers the control over. Who they get their carriage from, data inclusions and everything else, and what they do with their hardware. 2020 and the COVID pandemic taught us a lot about how close we are to our technology, mm. and we, we well,
0: I don't think you mentioned earlier that we can't imagine being without it. So, how much has the events of 2020 influenced the features of the S21 and, and how it's going to be used by customers?
1: Yeah, 2020 was a real, real telling point for us, and I think Samsung as a brand, we. We had a lot of innovation, but we really challenged on why and what makes it meaningful. What I'm really pleased about is it feels as though Australians and society are pushing us now too uh, I think this idea of um, you know connectivity and mobile connectivity we're no longer sitting in one place we we need technology to wrap itself around us not as adapting to to that so we've seen a real focus on technology people are willing to spend more money because they know what they want from technology people are really looking to connect their home which has really started to have that discussion around uh, are my products and house all talking to each other because There's actually a lot of products in there now are smart, they're intelligent. But if you're on a closed ecosystem, you might not necessarily be able to connect them all. So again, the more insightful Australian is really starting to adapt and they're making strong, positive technology decisions, which we're obviously there to support them with.
0: The, uh, we're on the back end of CS now and there were some teasers from other companies about I think LG had a rollable phone and we've seen other technologies Samsung you guys have been at it a while so we're up to the, what the third generation of foldable devices so without giving
1: me a scoop if you want to you can tell me <laughs> you know you would get the the scoop steve but like it's, to think that. Thank you, it's fair to say that uh, yeah I- innovation we're, we're very clear on our a series is our, our entry level portfolio there's going to be more a series products uh s series we're obviously talking today about 21 note has performed incredibly well in australia and the z series so when you talk about flips and folds we've had a tremendous response to those particularly in the last six months so it's fair to say that they are going to, to iterate and the Jetsons is, is well and truly here and yeah, just uh, be prepared it's going to be very exciting. Gary, been a pleasure as always to chat to you mate, thank you very much Thank you very much Steve, appreciate the time This is Tech
0: Guide with Stephen Fennec Now, we mentioned 5G and how Samsung's new S21 range of phones are all 5G. There are no 4G variants. Uh, They will work on 4G networks, of course, if there's no 5G available. But interestingly, Telstra uh, came out with uh, some information about their rollout, and they're saying that it is moving on at a rapid pace, and they've reached the point now where there's 50% of Australians now living within range of the Telstra 5G footprint which is a remarkable improvement over just a few months ago because I think Telstra, when the iPhone 12 came out last year in October, Telstra wanted their 5G network to be advanced beyond a point that customers can really see the difference. They were very they were working really hard to make sure that, that they were sort of past a certain point when the iPhone 12 came out. And of course, they were anticipating that Samsung's new new range of phones, the S21 range, would all be 5G. Uh, Telstra wanted customers to be able to enjoy that, those faster speeds, higher capacities, and they've been working really hard to expand that footprint, which I think is pretty impressive. There's now 2,650 Telstra 5G sites with coverage in more than 100 cities and and towns and more than 2,000 suburbs across Australia that now have Telstra 5G coverage. And further, th- further to that, there are now more than 750,000 5G devices on the Telstra 5G networks, and each week, thousands more are being added. In fact, friends have asked me, uh, a lot of friends who, uh, they were, and like myself, I- I'll admit, I-, I used to be a Vodafone customer. reason I was a Vodafone customer was I was traveling so much, And I needed a good uh, overseas, good roaming coverage, good roaming rate. And Vodafone's $5 a day international roaming, which basically gives you $5 a day to use your plan as you would at home, including calls, data, whatever you got. And I decided before the iPhone 12 came out that I should switch back to Telstra just to because they they had the biggest 5G footprint. I wanted to use the iPhone on 5G and now the S21 on 5G. So I thought, look, I'm not travelling anywhere. Telstra do have roaming roaming packs and things like that, which eventually when I travel I'll have to look into. But I decided I'm switching back to Telstra. They've got the biggest 5G network at the at this point. So I thought I would do it. A lot of customers are doing the same thing, and more. A lot of a couple of people email me just this week asking uh, whether I'd switched off Vodafone to five to 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 Telstra. They're going to do the same thing. So I don't know whether that what that says about Vodafone. Although their five G network is advancing quite nicely, they're saying that uh, by the middle of the year, eighty five percent of residents in capital cities will have access to their five G network, which is pretty impressive. But Telstra, though, they're saying that fifty percent of Australians can reach the network now. They're saying that by mid-year, so by June 2021, that figure is going to go up to 75%. So that's three in four Australians with access to the Telstra 5G network by June 2021. That's pretty impressive. Uh, there's 5G coverage in, in all these cities, 100 cities and towns, including major regional centres as well. I know a lot of listeners don't live in the big cities. There's there's coverage on the Sunshine Coast, Newcastle, Geelong, Mount Gambier, Launceston, Busselton, all these places, these major regional centres, all 5G. I remember going to Cowra last year. Cowra has a 5G tower uh, in town as well. So they are they are keeping, they, they do want uh, people in, in country and regional areas to also enjoy the 5G coverage. And that rollout is really moving along at a nice pace. If you want to read more about the, the Telstra 5G network and its expansion, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Arlo have just released a, a couple of new products. They actually uh, unveiled these at CES. So the, some of the products we're going to talk about were actually unveiled at the CES virtual 2021 show. Uh, the We're going to kind of wrap wrap up CES in this show with, with some of these products as well. Arlo, they, one of their products is the new Essential Indoor Camera. Now, this is a camera, as its name suggests, designed to be used indoor. So it's it's small, it's discreet. It, it's not a big bulky camera like their outdoor camera because it doesn't need to be weatherproof because it's an indoor camera. It also can be plugged into a PowerPoint so there's no need to charge a battery. But the indoor camera, they've made it really easy to control. They've sort of given, given it automated an automated privacy shield as well. Not everyone's comfortable having a, a, a camera rolling on them in the inside their home. So what Arlo has done here, they've kind of treated this camera like a security alarm. You know, if you've got an alarm system in your home, you don't have it on when you're home, you turn it on when you leave. And so the Arlo Essential Indoor Camera basically works in the same way. You arm it when you go. So when you're not home, the indoor camera can then be working away and it can be used then to keep an eye on your pets and things like that and any intruders if that happens to happen. So if you do someone, a burglar comes into your house, you've got some pretty pretty clear high-definition footage of that, uh, that person uh, coming in your home. But when you are home, you disarm it and it's not working. When you leave, the privacy shield uh, can, be, can be activated uh, so that when you're not home, it can record motion and it has motion and audio detection. You'll receive those notifications when you're not home. But when you're home, don't need it to be on, you can turn it off. So that's a pretty cool announcement. The other uh, product that Arlo announced though is a really interesting one. And we've spoken weeks ago about the Arlo Essential Video Doorbell, which which basically means someone's got to press a button. But with COVID and, and all these things, with these trends we're seeing, there are a real attraction to customers for contactless, touchless products. And Arlo has come up with a video doorbell, a touchless video doorbell at that. So people are saying, well, how how are you going to know I'm there if I can't press a button? Well, the technology works where it actually detects the visitor and their proximity to the doorbell. So as they approach the doorbell and they might even stick their hand out to press the button, a light will, will activate to indicate that the doorbell has been rung. So rather than you pressing the doorbell to, to ring to alert the people at home that you're at the door, the light will come on instead and say, okay, just assume the, do- the button's been pressed to, so that way the person, the visitor knows that the people inside have been alerted to your visit to, to know that you're there. So it uses this proximity sensing technology to calculate the visitor's distance and zero in on them as they approach the door. So it can detect the visitor, an audible chime sounds within the home and as I said, the visitor will see a light to confirm that the doorbell's been rung and the homeowner alerted that they are there. So this is just another, another product designed to help keep guests, delivery personnel, just help them limit communal points of contact while protecting the homeowner's front entry as well. I think a uh, really good idea. The Arlo Essential Indoor Camera and Touchless Video Doorbell. If you want to read more about them, check them out at techguide.com.au. This is TechGuide. Okay, we're going to talk about the ASUS ZenBook Duo. Uh, this is a laptop with two screens. Now, this was an interesting case here where ASUS actually sent me this laptop ahead of its announcement. They said, hey, we're going to send it to you early. But obviously, can't tell anyone until the announcement. But I actually had the product when it was announced, which was interesting. That That doesn't happen every day. Uh, this is, I had the 14-inch Zenbook Duo, the UX482. There's two models, two new models. And again, these are CES announcements. These two actually both received the CES Innovation Awards, the 15-inch Zenbook, it's actually 15.6-inch Zenbook Pro Duo OLED. It's the model number is UX582. What I had was the another of the new products, the 14-inch Zenbook Duo UX482. Now these are two screen laptops. Now I'm probably you're probably thinking, how the hell do you have two screens on a laptop? Well, imagine a laptop, which looks normal. You open it up, and there's your normal screen up top. Now in the bottom half, which is where you'd normally find the keyboard, imagine the top third of that panel having a screen. So that's the secondary screen. They call that the screen pad plus. Now the new feature there was a model of this released a couple of years ago what's new with these devices apart from the improved screen quality improved speed of processors the new screen the, the smaller screen the Asus screen pad plus runs the full width of the laptop. It's the secondary touchscreen, but it now has an auto tilt mechanism to make it easier to read. So when you open up the laptop, it tilts up nicely so that the user can see it. It does also have like a nice matte finish to it, so it's not going to be glossy and shiny and reflect light. Uh, really easy to read in all kinds of lighting conditions. It really works well with the main screen, so it provides a place for your tools and other apps that won't impinge on your main screen real estate so I think the best example would be say you're working on a, a document you're, or, or editing a photo a photo probably better example here where you say you're using photoshop you can have all your tools on that secondary screen so all those little things rather than giving up space on the main screen which is where your image is located you can have all the tools and all the other things you need and plugins all on the secondary screen Great too if you're editing video. So the whole entire top screen can be your video, bottom, smaller screen, the, the, the duo screen, the, the screen pad plus screen will be where all your tools are located. So really trying to give you more more real estate, more screen real estate rather than having to have a second, second screen uh, beside you. So it's all in one compact unit. And there's still room for the keyboard, nice full-size keyboard, trackpads located on the right, as well. It's got the physical left and right buttons also. So rather than having the trackpad below the keyboard on a normal laptop, it's been shifted to the right-hand side so that it's still got everything, every feature you'd expect, keyboard, trackpad, main screen, and now secondary screen are there to be used as well. Now, the other improvement here, apart from the quality of the screens and the, the tilt screen as well, is the processor. Now, the ZenBook Pro Duo 15, that has up to a 10th generation Intel Core i9 processor. But the ZenBook Duo 14... Uh, has the the, they've just been Intel Evo certified now Intel Evo is the new silicon that's the uh, 11th generation Intel Core and they've got the new Intel Iris X graphics which improves battery life these these laptops have a battery life of up to 17 hours which is remarkable considering you're powering two two screens not just one Uh, And there's also a new feature of the new Intel processors is physical internet security, not just driven by software, but physically being able to detect any kind of intrusion into your laptop, which are pretty remarkable. Uh, There are four Thunderbolt USB-C ports that support both power delivery uh, and data transfer, and uh, you can connect either an external 8K display or two 4K UHD displays. Now, both ZenBook Duo laptops have that tiltable screen pad plus. You can tilt upwards as much as 9.5 degrees which is pretty cool. So if you are, and it has all your all your regular memory card slot. There's a headphone headphone port port as well, regular USB port, all those other USB C ports that I mentioned too. So uh, it's a computing powerhouse. The ZenBook Pro Duo 15 and ZenBook Duo 14 pricing and availability not announced yet. They will be announced in the coming weeks. Uh, these aren't cheap, these laptops. They'll, I think they'll be over $2,000. They'll be $2,000 plus, but you are getting a lot of bang for your buck, including two screens. Not just one screen, two screens. If you want to check it out, take, check out the pictures and see what it looks like for yourself. You can do that at techguide.com.au. Okay, we're going to switch gears a little bit, Uh, pardon the pun, we're going to talk about the Volvo Care Key, not Car Key, it's a Care Key. Volvo's released this new product, uh, and its aim here is to help reduce speeding deaths in Australia. Now, the Volvo Care Key enables the owner to preset the speed of the car before getting behind the wheel. Now, we all know through the stats that speed is the number one cause of death and injuries, especially among young Australian drivers. So the Volvo Care Key has been created to reduce this risk, especially when the keys of the Volvo are handed off to friends, relatives, parents to their children, parents to their teenage children. So Volvo with the Care Key has decided to be included. They're going to include the care key with all vehicles as standard from now on, starting with the 2021 Volvo vehicles. It'll be supplied in addition to the regular key. So this is designed to allow the owner to set the top speed with the key. So if you're going to hand off the keys to your 18-year-old son or daughter, you can set the top speed at 80 or whatever you want. So it gives you a little bit of peace of mind to know that you have protected them in some way. Now, in 2019, 42% of fatal crashes occurred at speeds of 100 kilometers or more. So 75% of those deaths were involved male drivers. So that really shows that are higher rate of risk-taking behaviors among young men, we're talking between the ages of 17 and 25 parents who want to be able to share their car but research shows that they worry because the person behind the wheel might not be used to the power of the car so rather than having to chance that then you can actually set a hard limit on the speed Now, Volvo has uh, released the car. The the release of the care key comes after the company decided to limit the top speed of all its cars to 180 kilometers an hour from last year. So 2020, that's what they did. Uh, Volvo, the research conducted by Volvo revealed 47% of parents worry about their teenagers speeding. 52% said they'd like to be able to control the speed of their teenage child's car. Well, now they can. This is a, a really important development here, Volvo getting in on the act. I think Ford have a similar technology for their vehicles as well. And of course, Tesla, uh, which, of which I drive, Tesla has a feature called valet mode, and that limits the speed of the car to 80 kilometers an hour and reduces power and acceleration by 25%. Uh, I think it's called valet mode. Uh, as a in, in uh, paying homage to the the scene in the Ferris Bueller's Day Off film, do you remember that scene where Ferris convinces Cameron to take the Ferrari, the the vintage Ferrari, into into Chicago, into the, into the into town? And they said, "Oh, it'll be fine. We'll just park it. We'll valet park it." And then off they go, and they're walking towards the camera, and then you see the two guys from the car park come out of the car park behind them and speed off into the distance to joyride in the car. So that, that's uh, another another feature. Well, the Volvo, the care key can do that if you hand off your cars to a valet, the car keys to a valet. That's another benefit there as well. Tes- Tesla already have that valet mode, as do other companies. Ford, I think, has a, has a similar setup as well. But their intentions are good here. Uh, they want to avoid uh, these tragedies that can that, that could have been avoided if they weren't speeding so so fast. So, uh, you know, speed kill It literally does. So here's a here's a product that can help avoid that. Uh, Good on Volvo for doing it. The Volvo Care Key. You want to read more about it? Check it out. Techguide.com.au Now I'm. Everyone knows I'm a big Star Wars fan, and uh, I'm. We uh, had to include this story in the podcast. We've uh, Star Wars fans have had a lot to enjoy lately. We've had a sequel trilogy. Many would argue whether it's good or not. That's sort of a up to up to the individual. I enjoy them. I really enjoyed the sequel movies. I'm talking Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. I thought they were great. I really enjoyed it. More recently, we also had two seasons of a hit streaming TV show, The Mandalorian. Like, how good was that last episode of Season 2? Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you should have seen it by now. If you're a true fan, you should have I won't say it. I won't, won't spoil it. Just go see it. You, there's an amazing surprise in, in the Season 2 finale. Fantastic. But now there's even more to look forward to because Ubisoft has done a deal with Lucasfilm Games to create a new open world game set in a galaxy far far away now for those who don't know an open world game is the a game where you can wander off complete missions totally out of order. You can explore. It's an exploration game. So games like Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption are just a couple of the most popular games, open world games we've seen. So it's basically this massive open sandbox where you can explore, you can discover things, meet people, complete missions. And so imagine the how much you can get up to in this, the vast Star Wars universe. Uh, I'm a big fan of the genre. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what, what Ubisoft comes up with. It's massive entertainment, which is one of the Ubisoft studios that are actually going to be producing the game. Uh, so uh, th- that's really exciting. We don't even know what it's called. We don't even know what it's going to come out. We don't even know what time period within Star Wars it's going to be set. Is it going to be Old Republic? Is it going to be around the time of the Skywalker saga? Is it going to be later? We don't know. But the fact that they're producing that this is pretty ambitious game is really exciting. And look, I don't think at least a couple of years we're probably not going to see the game but uh, interesting turn though for fans of Star Wars and gamers who previously have been playing games like Star Wars Battlefront One and Two, more recently Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Squadrons—that was, I think, the most recent game—but they were all published by EA Games. Uh, here, Ubisoft have picked up the picked up the baton, and they've done this deal with Lucasfilm Games. Uh, I think, look, obviously. Ubisoft has a pretty impressive resume. They've produced some really, really impressive games, including Assassin's Creed is one of their big games. Uh, they've also got another game called The Division, which a lot of a lot of fans are saying the division, the engine in the division might be used in this new game. It's this sort of fantastic physics engine that allows uh, really exciting gameplay and graphics and all that kind of gear. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see what they come up with. The fact that they're having a go at this, I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty good. And, and there is such a it's such a big universe to explore. The limits will just be their imagination. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with. And this is on top of, by the way, a lot of content to look forward to. There's 10 new shows coming to Disney+, Plus streaming either animated or or, or live TV. I think one of them is obviously uh, Kenobi, which is the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series starring Ewan McGregor. Hayden Christensen's even going to make an appearance. He played Anakin Skywalker in the prequels. And I've got a bit of a problem here, though, because... In the original Star Wars films, the true Star Wars nerds all appreciate this. In Star Wars, when Obi Wan Kenobi confronts Darth Vader at the de- on the Death Star, he says, uh, "This is the first time they've met since it's been such a long time since they met, and we're assuming it was since they had their fight at the end of Episode Three, and Kenobi won that battle. Vader, Anakin slash Darth Vader, was on the on the on the back end, the worst end of that fight, and end up having to be transformed into a mask and and suit to keep him alive. So I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know whether it's going to be flashback stuff or if they're going to play with the timeline. I'm not sure. But anyway, that's a a story for another day. But it's exciting that Ubisoft are now creating this open world Star Wars game. I, for one, am really looking forward to it. And if you really want to read more about it, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private, online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk, uh, brought to you by a good mates at Belkin. Belkin, if you need a cable, a battery, uh, uh, iPhone accessory, they've got MagSafe chargers coming out, belkin.com forward slash au, check them out. Our help desk question, uh, had an interesting question, might, might sound simple to a lot of other people, but I think it's a really interesting one to answer. Uh, I was asked, Do you need a TV aerial to use the apps on your TV? Now, the answer to that is, of course, no, because if you've got an internet connection, you can use apps. But I thought I'd take that a little bit further by saying you can also watch TV without an aerial. A lot of people maybe not have an aerial. They might live in a rental property. They might not have an aerial. Something happened to it. They didn't replace it. Got blown off in a storm. They didn't fix it. If you've got a smart TV with a connection to the internet, you can still, of course, watch all your streaming services because that's all comes in through the internet. But you can also watch live TV. You can watch live TV through the catch-up apps. So if you've got 9Now, 10Play, 7Plus, SBS, ABC, I think all of them allow you to watch live TV. So you can, through your internet connection, watch live television without an aerial. You might not get every channel, but of course, there's live TV. I think there are like six or seven channel, nine channels. There's there's Extra, Go, all those ones, seven. They've all got multiple channels. So if you want to enjoy all of those, you'll probably need an aerial. But if you just want the basics, just the main channels, you can watch that without an aerial. But of course, you'll need an internet connection to provide the access to those catch-up apps, as well as being able to view all of your streaming content. And that's the end of the show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Everything we've talked about, you can find at techguide.com.au, and we'd love for you to get in touch with us. Email info at techguide.com.au if you want to send me an email, ask a question, or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage of Tech Guide as well. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.